Hello there, and welcome to episode number 120 of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. So, let me get this out of the way first, and that's, I'm coming off COVID. So, I'm going to keep this episode relatively short, uh, much shorter than I usually record these episodes uh, for multiple multiple reasons uh, why I'm shortening this week's episode. Uh, One, I don't have my full energy level um, that I normally do, so uh, I'm going to try and conserve a bit of my energy here uh, today as well. Um, I, I also want to limit the number of, uh, coughs I have to edit out, uh, or battle through here, uh, this time. So, um, really going to keep this episode just packed together, um, regarding this 17, uh, game and 17 day stretch for the Toronto Blue Jays and, it's going to be a, mid, a, a mixed batch uh, of, of emotions um, and stats and, and everything all combined together here because it's, it, it, this, this stretch was like a sandwich. Not a good sandwich, but like a sandwich with, with multiple layers and the top and bottom parts being like pretty respectable, pretty good. Um, so I guess like you, you have some nice bread Uh, some good quality bread on the top. I don't know what good quality bread is, so you're going to have to fill that in for yourself. But uh, the middle part is like probably some some moldy-ish bologna and lettuce and tomato and some expired mustard and mayo all in together. So like, you know, the top... When, when you take that first bite, you're like, oh, damn, this, this, this is pretty nice. This, this is going to be a good sandwich. And then as you're eating, you're like, oh, shit, I just used expired stuff in my sandwich. And that's basically what this stretch was because it started off with the Blue Jays sweeping the Atlanta Braves in a three-game series, which was capped off by Danny Jansen's walk-off hit on Mother's Day. And then you have this amazing, but also insane four-game stretch versus the New York Yankees, where everyone loses their mind in the first game because Jay Jackson, Alejandro Kirk, they're tipping pitches, and the Yankees pick up on that, and they start... Allegedly, they start relaying signs to Jake Bowers and Aaron Judge, and that's caught on camera, them peeking to their first base coach in the dugout. So um, <clears throat> that, uh, that kind of kick-started things. Didn't help that the Blue Jays lost 7-4 to in that opener either. Um, and then you have the Blue Jays getting all pissy uh, Leon Dreisaitl uh, style about the positioning of the, the coaches boxes uh, in foul territory and where coaches are supposed to stand and you have your shouting bouts between P. Walker and, and Luis Rojas and then you have Aaron Boone yelling at the Blue Jays because Luis Rivera is like five feet out of the coaches box with the Blue Jays hitting 
Um, so there's all that. Uh, Domingo Herman gets ejected and later suspended for using an illegal substance that um, was not rosin and water. He was wiping something brown off his uh, his hands and onto his pants that showed up pretty clearly. Um, so not really sure what that was about, but uh, that was a thing. And yet the Blue Jays still didn't win that game on the Tuesday. They did finally win a game on, on, in that series on, on the Wednesday, uh, thanks to Danny Jansen, again, who just had a ridiculous week and, and started to get hot um, before he landed on the IL la- uh, earlier this week with, with a groin injury. So not great timing for him at all. Seems like, again, uh, the story is that Danny Jansen, just as he's about to get hot, gets injured again. Um, but that was later in the, the 17 game stretch here. We're, we're still earlier than that point. But um, and then you have the, the finale that the Blue Jays dropped. They ended up losing three or four to the Yankees. Brutal, um, brutal, brutal way to follow uh, a three game series sweep of the Braves. And then you welcome the Orioles to town and you continue to play really poor baseball, running into outs on the bases, not playing good defense. Um, Offense still being a problem as well. You end up getting swept in that series. And even in the the one game you had a chance to win, uh, you blew in the ninth inning a little bit uh, because some bullpen management that I wasn't really fond of. I thought John Schneider pulled Eric Swanson a little uh, prematurely uh, and and put Jordan Romano in a very tough situation to try and get out of, and he didn't ultimately, and the Blue Jays ended up losing in extra innings, again, playing some some bad defense with with Matt Chapman hitting the base runner, uh, going down the third baseline towards home plate, uh, and that ended up being the difference in the game. Um, and then the Jays lose the finale on Sunday, and then uh, they have to go out on the road after being swept and losing three or four to the Yankees. And where do they get to go? Oh, just like to the worst baseball park in the world, in Tropicana Field, where uh, historically they have not played well at all. And surprise, surprise, that sentiment continued this week where the Blue Jays dropped three of four against the Rays and looked pretty bad at times aside from the Tuesday game where they exploded out of nowhere and scored 20 runs, allowing just one run against. Um, they pulverized Taj Bradley, the Tampa Bay Rays top pitching prospect and uh, and and you know there there was hope that they could use that game as somewhat of a coming out party um, and and allow them to build off that momentum so that they could start producing offense consistently and um, you know, start generating some consistent power, which they haven't been able to do uh, all season for the most part. But as it turns out, 
that didn't end up being the case. They 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 bounced right back. They fell right back into that slump, um, if it were, and uh, they didn't score more than three runs per game over those final two against the Rays. And it seems like during this stretch here, like three runs has been like some weird number, some weird hump that they haven't been able to get over. Like um, they couldn't score more than three runs um, and two of the three losses against the Yankees. They didn't score more than three runs in two of the three losses against Baltimore, two of the four losses against Tampa Bay, or two of the three losses against Tampa Bay. They were held to three runs or fewer. So it's a very odd uh, and strange uh, sort of like benchmark um, that like if they don't score more than three runs, there's a really good chance they're going to lose, and even if they score five runs, there's still a, a, a fairly decent chance they're going to lose. Um, it's really like six, six runs has, has been their magic number um, in May, where like they have to score six runs to get a win most of the time. It, it, it had been very rare that they would win a game when they didn't score more than, uh, more than five runs. So um, that was frustrating. The the offense continuing to struggle, particularly with with runners in scoring position, and and when you're not able to string runs together, you need that one big swing, right? And and uh, could really badly use a home run. And because this team just really isn't hitting home runs this year, um, you're you're you you see them struggle um, to put up runs in bunches. Um, like they have during this 17-game stretch. So that was where things stood heading into the weekend series against the Minnesota Twins. Now, this is a series where you really needed to turn it around, but also you're facing a pretty respectable team um, that currently leads the American League Central, and that's doesn't mean as much as it once did many, many years ago, because the AL East, the AL West, those two divisions are far superior to the AL Central. Nevertheless, the Twins are still a good team. They hit a lot of home runs where the Blue Jays do not. And they got a pretty good starting rotation that is beat up by injuries a little bit, but they have a lot more depth and, and um, the Blue Jays are probably a little bit envy of, of that said depth because they could, you know, maybe use a little bit of it um, in case, knock on wood, uh, one of their starters goes down with an injury. And, uh, and they have to call upon somebody from the minor leagues. And right now, that, that list is pretty thin. Um, so it would kind of be nice to have that depth that the Twins uh, have been able to call upon. Um, but that being said, that depth did not help them in this series. Um, because 
a large part, uh, the Blue Jays pitching, one, outdueled them, and two, the Twins offense let them down, basically, aside from one game. Because the Blue Jays, uh, in the first game, they won 3-1 in a game um, that, uh, that was pretty evenly matched. And yet, um, with Kevin Gossman on the mound, doing his thing, the Twins had no answer. No answer. And they didn't have an answer against the Blue Jays' bullpen. And uh, luckily, I, luckily, the Blue Jays were able to carve out a win, despite only scoring three runs. But here we are. Um, and then Saturday's game was a bit of a clunker, um, where the Blue Jays were beating themselves a lot more than the Twins were beating them, despite the Twins scoring nine runs. Um, the Blue Jays were, did not play clean whatsoever, ran into a bunch of outs, um, gave away some outs too, so, um, but they, they made it a game in the ninth inning, um, and, and nearly mounted a comeback coming up short, uh, by just a few runs, losing that one 9-7, so because of that loss, heading into Sunday's game, this team had lost 10 of its last 13 games. And they were turning to Jose Barrios, who was facing his former team once again for the third time since uh, that blockbuster trade in 2021. And he's been pitching really well lately. And, uh, you know, aside from uh, his first few starts, which weren't good, um, he's really settled in here and uh did so once again on Sunday where he pitched another gem for the Blue Jays. It was far from perfect, but he gave them a really good chance to win, and they did. He he, um, he got some early run support thanks to the Blue Jays, who scored two runs in the second inning uh, for him, and... Uh, and they didn't beat themselves either on Sunday, where um, they still ran into an out, unfortunately, on the base pass, um, where Matt Chapman made an inexcusable uh, base running mistake, running the third base um, for the final out of the inning. Um, But for the most part, the Blue Jays played pretty clean baseball. That's not what they did um, heading into this game. And so, um, I do want to highlight this second inning a little bit here for the Blue Jays, where they scored those two runs, because they easily could have come away with just one, where... Matt Chapman worked the walk. He he got a walk in between two strikeouts between, or in between two strikeouts from Brandon Belt and Whit Merrifield. So Dalton Varsho comes to the play with two outs in the second inning, and Matt Chapman at first he singles, bloops one out there, puts runners on first and second for Alejandro Kirk, who then also proceeds to bloop 
a ball in the no man's land in the center field, it had, I believe, a 4% uh, hit probability. And yet with two outs, Chapman's off on a crack of the bat. And same thing with Dalton Varsho. And because Varsho got such a good break off the bat, he was rounding second by the time the ball landed in between three defenders in center field. And because of that, he ended up scoring on a measly little 78.3 mile per hour single from Alejandro Kirk. Just like busting his ass, despite offensively, like it it hasn't been good for Dalton Varsho this season. He's really struggled um, at the plate and particularly with, with high fastballs where pitchers are exposing that hole uh, up and in against him in that quadrant. And his numbers are pretty ugly on this season. So for him to quiet all that, because I'm sure that's all playing on his mind. It has to, right? Um, For a guy coming over with such high expectations as he did, where you traded the best prospect in your system and Gabby Moreno and one year of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for a guy that was supposed to be a new piece of the core and he still is and uh, can still turn it around offensively and, it, and it's not just about this season for Dalton Varsho it's about uh, the long-term outlook for him as well because he has so many seasons of team control beyond this one but still the fact that he was able to show that effort despite all the struggles that he's had offensively and I'm going to talk about his effort in the defense on defense in center field later in the game too it just it it, it it's remarkable and it's astonishing really um for a guy to have that um that mindset and that uh, that work ethic that it's not just um he's not going to allow his offensive struggles to seep in to the other parts of his game that make him a really good player uh, even when he is struggling to produce offensively and struggling to uh, a 211 batting average and a 649 OPS on the season so far Um, and ultimately that put the Blue Jays ahead 2-0 early on it allowed Jose Barrios to really uh, go to work and attack the zone and he did like Five and two-thirds, 94 pitches, four hits allowed, no runs, five strikeouts. There were five walks, but I'm going to like just overlook that a little bit here because he got squeezed on at least a few pitches, if not more, um, by the home plate umpire today. I, like, I, I'm looking at the pitch chart here for Barrios, and like there's at least three pitches that should have gone his way um, and two of which were during two strike counts so if both of those are called strike three those five walks turn to three and he has seven strikeouts instead of five so I think his outing was even better than his Uh, box score stat line would suggest and 
all you have to do is like look at the process. Barrios worked extremely well with his two-seamer, his changeup, and his slurve, and he occasionally mixed in that four-seamer, and it was limited enough where there were no uh, four-seamers put in play today against him. And that's a win because Barrios' four-seamer is not a good pitch. And it gets hit hard a lot. So the fact that none of those four-seamers, he threw 16 of them, none of them were put in play is huge. And his two-seamer he used really effectively. I love, I love so much when he throws those uh, glove-side two-seamers to lefties. It's like the front-door two-seamer. Um, something that I still want to see more from Alec Manoa this year, and it's something he he used effectively throughout last season, where the ball starts off the plate inside to a lefty, and then as it's coming towards you, it breaks over the plate, and it does so uh, with late movement, and it and it fools hitters. So if even if they do um, recognize that it's going to be a strike, they're late on it. Um, so that was a pitch he really uh, dominated with today, uh, despite not getting any uh, any swinging strikes with it. Um, but it set up his, his changeup extremely well today. Same with the slurve as well. His changeup induced six whiffs on 10 swings. The slurve, four whiffs on 12 swings. Um, and getting back to the, the two-seamer as well, it posted uh, a 79.8 mile per hour average exit velocity against. So that's a ton of soft contact. A lot of them were on the ground as well. And that's a big reason why Jose Barrios has a career high 47.8% ground ball rate this season. Like that's almost 8% higher than it was last season. So... Um, I, I've just been so impressed with, um, not, not even just the results because over, over Barrios' last nine starts, he's got a 259 ERA and with his performance on Sunday, he lowered his ERA on the season, uh, to below four. It's at 386 now. His FIP has been lowered to 379. So, um, it's, uh, it goes beyond the results because it's the process for me that I've been really encouraged with Barrios. Again, the command hasn't been perfect by any means, but at the same time, the sequencing is, to me, what's improved enormously um, over the last month uh, plus for him, where he's gone away from his four-seamer like I think a lot of us have been demanding he do and trust that two-seamer more um, and 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 feature the changeup that has really taken a step forward this season especially against left-handed batters where he's able to locate it perfectly low and away to them and and it's got that nice um, vertical break on it that allows it um to take a nosedive uh, as it as it approaches the plate so um like it's got and it has an average of 36 inches of break on it but it maxes out at 53 
uh, and Barrios has reduced the velocity a little bit on that pitch too. So now there's like a 10 mile per hour difference between his two seamer and his changeup, which as we all know, the bigger the separation, the more effective both pitches are. Um, so it, it was really huge. And, and talking about the sequencing here too, like he threw 26 two seamers, 26 changeups and 26 slurs. So like he's keeping hitters on their toes. They have no idea what's coming because he's he's equally using all three of those pitches and all three have have really been effective over these last nine starts including Sundays so um I know a lot of people are don't want to give that declaration that uh and or determination that um Barrios is back but Nine starts is not a small sample size. Like it's, uh, it's, it's a decent amount of, of results that we have to work with here. And personally, I'm ready to say that he's back. I really am. And like I said, it's, it's less about the results and it's more about the process for me personally, where I truly believe we're seeing the 2021 version of Jose Barrios that came over to the Blue Jays post-trade uh, during that season and performed a 358 ERA and a 328 FIP over those 12 starts and really uh, put the team on his back down the stretch. Like This is the Jose Barrios we're seeing lately. And right now, like he's your third best pitcher and, and and is giving you that consistency um he it's just it's remarkable that he's finally on track here um because the Blue Jays really really needed him um to get back on track with with Alec Manoa struggling and Yusei Kikuchi giving a lot giving up a lot more home runs and walks and hard contact this month so um, they've really needed all nine quality outings for Barrios here. And if as long as he maintains this process of, of using his two-seamer and changeup and slurve equally, I don't see why he can't continue to excel the way he has um, over the last nine starts. So um, I've, I've been really, really impressed with how he's performed lately um for this team and another person who's really gotten it going in may is george springer and he really uh took off during this 17 game stretch for the blue jays where heading into sunday's game he was hitting 339 414 uh 565 with a 173 way to runs create a plus uh over that uh, the that stretch that started with the, the atlanta braves and then he, he, in Sunday's game, he adds um, to his impressive uh, stretch here and goes two for three uh, with a double and a walk and a run scored. So it seems like uh, George Springer's results are finally starting to normalize where uh, through the first five or six weeks of the season, 
we saw him enter so much batted ball misfortune where he'd be having good quality at bats and lining hard hit balls right at defenders and not being rewarded for his good process. And lately that has, that has been uh, the opposite where he's still having good quality at bats, but now he's being rewarded um, for that process. And the fact that you still have Bo Bichette tearing it up behind him, who has remarkably been even better in May than he was in April. Um, and he's like, he, he, I don't want to say quietly, but I don't know if the rest of, of this sport has really embraced Bo Bichette becoming one of the best hitters in baseball. Like he is up there. His numbers are up there with anyone over the last um, three months dating back to uh, September where you combine that with April and, and May of this month. Again, like he's up there with Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, Ronald Acuna Jr. You name it, he's up there with them. Um, and it, it like his process. I know we're, we're talking a lot about process here, but it's it's vital because Bichette's process is again elite. Like it's up there with the best hitters in baseball. He is a superstar through and through. Where. Now, he is the toughest out in the Blue Jays lineup. Doesn't matter where you pitch him. He is going to foul it off again and again and again. And he's going to make you work until you really execute a perfect pitch against him. And even then, he might just flip it the other way for a hit. Like he did against Minnesota several different times. So, um, the fact that you have George Springer and Bo Bichette really going right now. It sucks that Vladdy's still working through things and his process has declined here um, lately where he's chasing more, he's striking out more, he's still not hitting for power. Um, and he talked with, uh, with reporters um, in Tampa Bay talking about how he, he's, just, he's out of his rhythm right now and, and it doesn't help that um, with the injury... Uh, that he had the the wrist injury kept him out a little bit Uh, it took him out of that rhythm and he's still trying to find his timing here and uh, he just he doesn't look comfortable at the plate right now like he did uh, in all of April where he had a really good process similar to Bichette where he was letting the ball travel he wasn't chasing outside the strike zone at all Um, and he really needs to get back to that because if you have your top three hitters clicking, man, you're 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 really not going to struggle to score runs like you have um, during the 17 game stretch. And uh, it is nice that the Blue Jays were able to take two or three against the Twins and get an off day on Monday. Uh, however, they're going to endure another lengthy lengthy stretch without an off day where they're going to be playing 13 games in 13 days all against good teams. You got a two-game set versus the Milwaukee Brewers coming up. Then you got the Mets coming to town. You got four or sorry, you go to New York to play the Mets. Um, and then you got to play the Astros for four and you welcome the Twins in town for three until you get another off day. So, um, they better enjoy Monday. Um, 
because they really got to go on a run here. Um, sadly, they lost a lot of ground during this 17-game stretch uh, where they lost uh, 10 of 14 games. So, uh, or sorry, uh, <clears throat> they lost 10 of 13 heading into Sunday's game. So, because of that, even with Sunday's win, they're still in the bottom of the American League East, 10 and a half games out uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays. Their playoff odds, it's still really early to look at that, but according to Fangraphs, they're at below 50% still to make the playoffs. There's still a lot of time, right? We're only a quarter of the way through the season. However, the Blue Jays need to start making up ground here and because they can't afford to fall back any further. You don't have that luxury of playing as many games. You don't have that luxury of playing 19 games uh, against the four other teams in the American League East. That, that That's gone. So you really have to make up ground here against these 13 in these 13 games luckily you don't have to uh you don't have to face any AL East teams um which is good for the Blue Jays because their the record is much better versus non uh division teams or non-divisional teams so hopefully that's uh that's a recipe for success here um but again they're 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 gonna have to play clean baseball they can't have any more of those defensive errors um, or, you know, unfortunate happenings like Dalton Varsho and Dirt on Saturday where he almost robbed two home runs and then made a terrific catch on Sunday to make up for those. Um, and they, they can't have as many outs on the bases either. They can't give away free outs. That's just good teams are going to make you pay for that. Um, so that, that, that needs to be nipped in the bud here. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but it's definitely a positive, uh, plane ride home to Toronto compared to how, uh, down the mood probably was heading to Minnesota. So, um, with Monday's off day, hopefully they're able to, uh, string some wins together because they, uh, they desperately need to. But that does it for this week's episode. I hope all of you will join me next time for another edition of Blue Jays World Update. But until that time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. And please remember, wear a mask, wear it properly, and thanks for listening.